0: Hey everybody, this is Nate And this is Justin From Pertnere Sandstone And you're listening to Road to Blue Ox
1: Stay all night, don't go home Stay all night, don't go home Stay all, night, don't, go home. Stay all night, don't go home Stay with me, stay home
0: Good morning, Nate. Well, good morning to you, Justin. How are you?
2: Oh, I'm great. It's a fine morning here in Minneapolis. I'm going to attempt to do this outside. So we may hear sirens, birds, airplanes, garbage trucks, but we're going to wing it and we're going to give it a shot because I don't want to sit inside. Not on a day like today.
0: Great bird pun there with winging it. Do you have any mockingbirds that might also mimic sirens?
2: (laughs) I'm not in this area, no.
0: Yeah, we have a lot of mockingbirds around here. I, they're actually one of my favorite birds, but they also irritate the crap out of me.
2: <laughs> it's a love-hate relationship, you and the mockingbirds.
0: Yeah, you know, because of this Anthropocene world we live in, we have lights all night as well, and mockingbirds will dance around those lights until two a.m. singing their jovial songs,
2: uh, keeping you up. Wait, what? Nate, aren't you a, aren't you a night owl anyway?
0: I'm typically a night owl. I mean,
2: who? Me?
1: <laughs>
2: Fresh off of our Del Fest experience, that was incredible and fun and certainly got the juices flowing. The festival juices are flowing through me, that nervous anticipation.
0: Yeah, it was a primer for us.
2: Yeah, we got rained on in Delfest on Friday, but it dried out and Saturday was incredible and... It was certainly a good primary, you know, it was in my mind I danced between uh, being being part of a band who's just playing a festival and then being part of a band who puts on a festival. So that you're switching between like, okay, what do we have to do as a band? We gotta like rehearse a little bit and we gotta make sure we get to our stage at the right time. And on the other side, I'm looking at it through like, okay, what does Dell Fest do that, that differently that Blue Ox doesn't do? What do I like about Dell Fest that we could bring to Blue Ox? What do I wish we did differently? Or, you know, what do I think that we do better than Dell Fest? Um, I got to say, that's a really well run festival and uh, really open and friendly. And I mean, if you're somebody who, Travels to a bunch of festivals. I would, I would definitely put Dell Fest on your list, especially while Dell's still alive and kicking. And he seems great. He seems the same Dell. Oh
0: yeah, he's on his game.
2: Yeah, like we hung out with uh, some dear old friends of ours this last weekend at Dell Fest, who live out east. And one of them said to me, he's he turned to me, he's like, "How is it possible that Dell somehow seems to sound even better than he ever has in his life? His voice was spot on, mm-hmm. and his his stage presence was just incredible."
0: Yeah, his uh, his stage. Presence is, is kind of magical. You have 5,000 people, or however many, in this huge meadow, all standing before Del McCurry and his boys. And it just feels like you're at a kitchen table with him somehow. Yeah, I know, and he's yeah. just
2: chuckling along and laughing at himself, self-deprecating and yeah. And the band just, you know, picks him up.
0: I would pay to see them any day just to hear Dell chuckle between songs.
2: Yeah, <laughs> seriously.
0: His voice is amazing, but his chuckle is even more.
2: I know, and partly why I bring him up is because he is gonna be at Blue Ox. Dell McCurry band will be performing. Probably have some music from him on this here podcast um, for you to listen to just just because. Why not have some Dell in your ears on any day?
0: Yep.
1: I can feel the wheels turning underneath my feet as so I pull the shade down on my window seat. Praying where I'm going is better than where I've been. Then a stranger sits down as if he's right at home. Touches me and says, "I see you're traveling alone, and by the way, son, you forgot to say amen." He says, "I guess there's something here I need to explain." I try to talk to everyone riding this train. Some of them listen, but most don't. Pay Train keeps rolling and the world keeps turning. All aboard! All aboard! Everybody's gotta get on board. Take hey, that woman with the friend sitting cross the aisle. With her briefcase open now 90 miles She never even noticed that laid back It was you been And the couple with the kids at the front of the car Fussing all the way about some cookie jar I'm gonna ask them what they saw Their journey is in
2: Anyway, that's our Dell McCurry gushing segment. (laughs) We can move along and talk about um, Blue Ox, the festival that that we host and uh, are looking forward to. We do have lots to talk about festival gates opening Thursday morning for non reserve campers. We have schedules for the Soul Sanctuary, which is the area where you can do yoga, meditation, and just chill out. It's a really great way for you to connect with people who are at the festival. And Megan and Mike put on great workshops and and they do the, the yoga and the sound healing, the meditation, the breath work, Reiki. I mean, it's definitely a great place and it's it's open to go visit from nine to five every day. And then there's there's events happening throughout the day. Both days start with yoga. That's a great way to connect with the Blue Ox community. And, and it was really popular last year as well i know they had a lot of people out there for that Uh, but there's like gentle movement and meditation there's like a gong meditation this year hula hooping healthy self heal thyself i mean all kinds of good heady shit for you group reiki which sounds pretty cool i remember once we were in appleton wisconsin for the mile of music And we went and checked in. As an artist, they treat you really well, too. You check in and they have massage Reiki as well. And I remember we rolled into town. We parked the van. We were pretty early. You know, I had a puff of grass. And then we went to check in. And we're like, oh, what's this? And this woman starts doing Reiki on me. And man, my mind started going. And like I felt like I was going to drift off into a different universe, a different whole experience. And it was super heady. I had to like snap myself out of it. I kind of wish I would have let go and just see where...
0: Have your out-of-body Reiki experience?
2: Because I was seriously, I was headed there and I thought maybe, I don't know, it was it was really weird. I had to like, if you're somebody who can wake yourself up from a dream, that's exactly what it felt like and what I had to do because I felt like I lost control, sure. you know? <laughs> In retrospect i kind of wish i would have gone for it but you know we had to perform and i didn't want to fall on the floor
0: you would have gotten trapped in a permanent reiki state what would that look like justin just drifting through the world <laughs>
2: yeah maybe it would have been pretty bad i don't know <laughs>
0: <laughs> perma reiki man it's
2: <laughs> so yeah i kind of want to check out the reiki again and maybe you know have yeah. a puff of grass beforehand Nate, you wanted to mention the family stage, right?
0: Yeah, you know, I haven't spent a whole lot of time back at the family camp area. Uh, In the years past, I sat in a T-Galexi a few years back. But it's such a pleasant atmosphere back there for the families. And coming from Delfest, you know, it's the family spirit. I'm really uh, jazzed about that. And uh, they have a whole schedule back at the family campground area. That's presented by our friends at the Boats and Bluegrass Festival in Winona. They have a whole schedule on Friday and Saturday at the family campground area, starting with family yoga at 9 a.m. There's also, there's talent shows, live music, there's craft time, parachute games, face paint, there's open play as well, where they have hoops and yard games and more, bubbles I'm sure are going to be a part of that, and definitely check that out if you're coming to the festival with your kiddo, camp over there, and Just enjoy all the good times with the other families.
2: Yeah, I go up there every year with my kiddos and we always have a good time playing with the other kids. And, you know, it's always so fun to watch. So make sure you bring your kiddos along and they get in free after all 12 and under.
0: Yeah, I know they have their own little festival every year and it's heartwarming for us to see them running around that meadow, which is really great and safe for them as well.
2: Lastly, we should mention the workshops. There is a schedule and information about each workshop at the Blue Ox website as well. Banjo, mandolin, fiddle, guitar, songwriting. Uh, the songwriting workshop we added this year, I'm excited about that. Soren, staff from the Cooley Boys and our our friend Siri, who Humbered, they'll be leading the songwriting workshop. I think I'm going to try and scoot over for that one.
0: Yeah, I'd like to see that as well. I can always use some ideas on how to craft some new tunes.
2: Yeah, and just hearing somebody else talk about what they do, it might help you snap out of something that's holding you back, kind of give you a kickstart on a new approach or just wrap your mind around something you got in a different way.
0: There will be more information on those workshop instructors in the printed brochure for the festival as well.
2: Before we get to our interview with Ben Majeska of Armchair Boogie, we're going to highlight a couple artists like we usually do. And we wanted to talk briefly about the last revel, good friends of ours who have reunited in their original lineup and are currently touring around the country. Uh and they were just made a stop here in St. Paul. Sadly we had to miss them because we were at of Dell Fest. But I heard it was a great show and they've been really feeling the uh feeling the vibes from everybody. And it's kind of exciting to to see them back together and back at it. And we're gonna have them at the festival. Are they doing uh, late night?
0: They'll be at the Backwoods stage from 11.30 p.m. to 12.30 a.m. on Saturday night. That's going to be a great time to see their set at the festival. Let's do a sneak peek right now with a new track from them called Rising Horizons. And that was a song from The Last Revel, exclusively on Road to Blue Ox.
2: Okay, well, we've rambled on enough. I think we should just uh, get into this interview. We we spoke this episode with Ben Majeska of Armchair Boogie, the Madison, Wisconsin band, who we've known for a few years and have certainly made their mark in the past few years and are up-and-comers in, in our eyes and just really uh, good friends at this point and this is one of those bands that's gonna be around for a long time, you know. If they if they can stick together, I don't see them really going anywhere and just making their huge mark on the Midwestern scene and, and doing their they're doing their due diligence, getting around the country. They started their own festival, uh the Boogie Down, which is uh in Wisconsin as well, the Driftless Music Gardens. I mean, just all in. They're all in and they're really great to watch live and they're really down-to-earth fun guys as well so it's easy to root for armchair boogie if you've not seen them before highly recommend checking out their set this year they'll be opening up the festival on the main stage on thursday night which is a great fun set to check out and again i recommend all of you get there on thursday night if you can because the vibe is super special and you know it's that it's just like everybody's riding high and buzzing because the festival's beginning you know
0: yeah, ready to just jump into it for the full three days.
2: And Armchair Boogie is going to set it off right. I mean, it's appropriate that they have the word Boogie in their name because it's really hard to not move and groove when they're on stage. They got the drums, Eli's funky bass behind it, and then with Ben and, and Augie leading the way there.
0: Yeah, they do it really well. You know, song-based jams with uh, you know their unique style of songwriting. It's They're really a great show. And, uh, yeah, I think they're going to be stewards of the scene for some time to come
2: these guys are not very old either they're in their late 20s and it's just i'm thinking about the potential longevity you know and and just kind of how far along they are already it's just really it's cool to see Uh, that's a good interview he's super down to earth and and really fun to talk to
0: here's one from armchair boogies lp what does time care a song called that lovin then we'll jump right into that interview with ben
3: Locked
2: Well, let's uh, let's jump in here. Hello, Ben.
3: Hey, fellas. How are you doing? It's
2: good. so good to have you here. I know we we did just see you, but two weekends ago, but we decided then that it would be a good idea to have you on the podcast and talk about Armchair Boogie and your busy summer and all the things you guys have cooking.
3: Yeah, man. We're pretty good at talking in person, so I assume this will go all right as well.
2: <laughs> well, let's <laughs> hope
3: <laughs> that was a fun time man milwaukee and chicago raging on the road to blue ox that was a hoot yeah, yeah. Was
0: a swing through north carolina as well we hung out at merle fest that was pretty yeah awesome.
3: dude what a cool time down there man that was a that was a lot of fun especially having you know familiar faces like you and barbro down there all of us grouping yeah, up taking over the merle fest
2: had you take had you taken over the merle fest before with armchair N-
3: no that's our first time there um I think I was our uh, maybe our first show in North Carolina. Well, I, I guess we did IBMA. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was first time at Merlefest, man. What a place and what a lineup. I mean, geez louise, dude, they're totally stacked every yeah. year. So mm-hmm. it was fun to be a part. And actually, right before we played our set, we were in like the dance stage or whatever, the dance center, I don't know what they called it, but uh, it was totally empty. And we were like, what's about to happen? Like, are we just going to play to no one? And Yeah. Like, as soon as we struck the first couple notes, it just totally just like filled in. Like, <laughs> oh, that's that's exciting yeah, that, uh, when that happens. Yeah, they're great, man. Great folks, great festival. But
2: how long have you been a band now?
3: It's a good question, man. Uh, well, it's kind of weird because we started in like 20. I think Augie and I, well, we started as a duo, just me and Augie on the okay. banjo and guitar. And uh, so we were going to school in Stevens Point and played a couple of just random shows i think we opened up for like dead horses one time and mm-hmm. uh but it was just as a duo for a little bit and it was very sporadic so i don't really count that time even though we did like coin armchair boogie as our name mm-hmm. uh but around 20 uh 2015 i think it was uh early september 2015 we've uh, added on the drums and the bass and uh our first like legit show was opening up for horseshoes in stevens point Okay. Uh, or Amherst, I should say, at Central Waters, yeah. uh, which was super cool. Uh, agree, and yeah. R- yeah and, and from there on out, you know, 2016, you know, we were a band. We were probably playing, I don't know, maybe like 30 to 40 shows a year. It wasn't much. And then it really ramped up 2017 and onwards. So I guess, you know, we're rounding on what, like seven years or something, if we're counting like 2015.
2: Yeah. Time flies. And
3: if we don't count 2020, it's, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but,
2: yeah. You can still so, count it.
3: Yeah, right, right.
2: Okay, and has it always been Eli, Denzel, Augie, and yourself?
3: Yeah, the, the first drummer was Dan Waterman, uh, who is our, our good friend also. we All these guys, whether it's uh, Dan on drums or Denzel, we all met in Stevens Point going to college, and people were playing in different bands. But our first drummer was Dan Waterman, and he was playing with us, I don't know, till about 2017. And then uh, I think he saw us getting busier, and he was realizing he wanted to kind of, you know, pursue some other career things. Uh, So then we brought Denzel on board, and Denzel's been, you know, obviously still our drummer, and which is uh, super fun. But Dan is still on our team; he does a lot of our graphic work and our website, and we crash at his house when we play in St. Louis. So you know, everyone's still in the family.
0: (laughs) Right on. Yeah, I remember I remember coming across you guys at Blue Ox in 2015, and, and uh, you had one of the better campground jams, one of the only campground jams back in 2015, on that yeah. hill up above the backstage area, and slinking around in the dark at like 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I, I think I was with you, mate. Your
2: campfire. You might have been. I yeah, think. we were going all over the campground that night.
0: Was that the first year of it? I
2: think, I think it, it was. was.
0: If not the first year, the second year, but it was definitely early on in in both Blue Ox history and Armchair Boogie's history too. It sounds like,
3: yeah, dude, way early on. That was uh, those were some of the best years, man. And holy cow, to think back then and where like my mind was and like uh-huh. not that it was. I mean, it was just a it was just a different world to me. And it was really before Armchair Boogie like started playing heavily and being in the festival scene. I remember back then, it seemed like a. A very long shot to ever play blue ox just because we were so early in the band we didn't have <laughs> recordings we didn't like you know we were hardly playing like shows at all and i was mm-hmm. like man i hope i get to play here someday and,
2: yeah now i yeah. look at you <laughs> yeah
3: dude i haven't missed a year blue ox i mean uh, we, we even made the campground thing in 2020 so yeah uh, yeah. And it, it holds a big spot in my heart, dude. Me and Augie have been at all of them.
2: You know, and it's great to have you guys there. I want to talk a little bit about your musical vision, like as a band, because, you know, you you straddle sort of a couple spheres genre wise, you know, and was that kind of the idea from the outset or were you guys like, do we want to have drums? Do we not want to have drums? Or like Eli plays the electric, you guys got that funky rhythm element to it all. Like maybe you can talk about a little bit about that.
3: Yeah. Um, well, I guess the the most important or the, the important start point for that is that Eli and Augie were in a band <clears throat> in college called the High Maddox that we were playing around. They're kind of like indie rock, alternative okay. rock, I guess you could say. Augie actually played a lot of guitar in that band, uh, but also whipped out the banjo here and there. Um, but I was playing in a funk band called the Rumble Roots and uh, playing on electric guitar. And we just kind of met, like playing bars or whatever, playing house parties. And uh, Augie and I started jamming just when we, when I figured out he played, you know, banjo. And I was like, oh, I love bluegrass. And, you know, we jammed that way. But anyways, there came a point in time where the Highmatics disbanded. And then that left, uh, actually, I should say Dan Waterman, our former drummer, uh, was also in the Highmatics. So the Highmatics Maddox breakup. Dan, Eli, Augie are all free as can be. Armchair Boogie had been like playing just as me and Augie, you know. Yeah, I think one day we were jamming. We are like, wow, it'd be nice to have more people to play with, (laughs) you know. Uh, No. And then Augie's like, well, Dan and Eli, you know, don't have anything going on. Maybe we could add like drums and electric bass. And it was as simple as that. We're like, sure, let's try it out nice uh and it clicked you know i mean back then it was like whoa this sounds great you know um these days if i heard any recordings from us from 2015 i'd probably cringe <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> you know but,
3: <laughs> um but anyways yeah so that was kind of like the development it was just kind of like hey these guys are our buddies and they play let's just have them join yeah. it wasn't it wasn't like uh let's try and do something sure. different or anything it was just That sounds good. (laughs) You know, and as far as the musical taste goes, I mean, it's just kind of been I guess I bring a lot like the funky stuff. um, If you listen to like my originals and Augie brings a lot like kind of grassy and like country kind of sounding influences and everything. So there hasn't ever been a game plan. It's just been bringing things to the table and, and seeing if they worked. And if they worked, you know they worked, and and we like the variety of it, man. I mean, performing uh, and oh, yeah, being so. able in one set to do slower tunes, you know, slower prettier tunes to country, whether it's covers or originals, to like straight up rock and roll, yep. you know, um, or funky stuff. So it keeps us just feeling fresh throughout a show, and it's it's a it's. It's really just fun for us, you know?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, the good thing is it feels really organic for you guys too. It doesn't seem like you're pushing anything or like trying too hard. It all just seems to just flow and come out of you. You know, it's really fun to watch.
0: Yeah, I've always I've always recognized that in you, kind of similar to Pertinere. I mean, we're very much an organically derived band as well. Just like, well, this is what we got. Let's let's do that. And yeah. uh, I kind of I get that sense from you guys that it's you're doing it naturally with the elements you have and just kind of how you feel music and it it comes from the heart. You can tell that as well. Yeah, man.
3: There's a there's a lot of like not thinking about it. You know. <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: that's great. <laughs> <Which> is- <laughs>
3: which is nice. i like, I really don't think about it that much at all. And like when, even when we're writing, it's just kind of write what you write, bring it to the table. But it always seems to like balance out our albums. I guess you could say like between like the, the funky songs and the slower tunes and the bluegrassy stuff, it all kind of just stays, um, you know, everything stays in place and we'll see where it goes from here, man. I mean, it's uh, uh, as far as like, we got some exciting new songs coming up and everything like that. And it'll probably just kind of, you know, sound a similar way, but keep evolving. I'm sure.
2: Yeah. <laughs> are you guys? Are you guys doing some studio stuff right now?
3: Yeah, we're gonna drop some singles this year. I don't know how many. Probably two or three. Uh, a couple of which are almost completed. And we're uh, <clears throat> because of how busy we are, touring, and everyone holds down day jobs. Uh, it's hard to just sit for like. We're not the type of band that goes into the studio for like a week. and tries to get it done, even though it sounds nice. We're kind of we kind of pick away at it um, Mm -hmm. and and try and do like maybe a song in a weekend or um, everything like that. So we're going to we're definitely building towards an album. Uh, We have a lot of tunes that we just need to sit down together and and tighten them up a little bit more. But I expect a full album next year for sure. I think uh, looking at the calendar, which I just said earlier today and had a mini heart attack of excitement and also (laughs) like, oh, man, when am I going to chill out? So probably not this year. Besides some singles, we'll get one out next year.
0: That's good. You guys have how many albums out now and how and where have you recorded them? So
3: we have uh, two albums out and uh an ep a western ep which was a product of us being kind of bored during the pandemic which <laughs> is like a four or five yeah. song thing um so we record them in fort atkinson wisconsin at a place called lunar lava audio and it's run by our good friend uh sound engineer he also does a lot of our mixing uh his name's jeff peterson shout out to jeff He's uh, a stud man i love that guy And we actually started the Hymatics to bring it back to them. They recorded an album with them back in the college days. And when it came time that Boogie had enough material, we were like, where to record? Well, let's go with Jeff. We know Jeff and, you know, he does good work, fair price and everything. And uh, we recorded the first album in his basement. But he kind of like decked out a room and like he has really good equipment. So like it sounds really good and it was well done. Uh, But then he actually bought uh like a building and has like a full on recording studio now in Fort Atkinson. Nice. Uh nice. and it's just equipped with all the crazy microphones and guitars you want and everything and uh but yeah, so we, we, we're kind of sticking with him uh, for as long as we can. We like the longevity of that relationship and the friendship, you know? So, sure. Yeah,
0: it definitely helps recording when somebody shares the vision or you've kind of created this vision together with your audio engineer and know the room and know what you're getting into. It eases the ability to get your creative output out there how you want it. Dude,
3: totally. And just when you got like your buddy behind the board, you know, that just kind of recording anxieties are. Or- they're always yeah. there, but they're made That's less right. by, you know, good company.
2: I'm totally. totally. <laughs> well, how did you, where did you start musically? Did you always just play the guitar? Did you start as a kiddo or?
3: Yeah, uh, basically I was in a neighborhood. I lived in the coal sack full of families with kids and there's just a ton of kids around. And I always wanted to hang out with some of the older kids and stuff. And one time I remember they're hanging out and one of them was taking drum lessons and the other one was taking guitar lessons and it was like, they were just like, let's jam sometime. And I heard that. I was like, that sounds like the coolest way to hang out ever. Yeah. And I I I have a very vivid memory of running home and just like going into the kitchen and talking to my parents, be like, Can I take guitar lessons? And they're like, What? You really want to like do that? And I was like, Yeah, definitely. But I was also like, my first memories were just like music, man. Like I loved it. Like I would get my allowance and spend it on CDs and everything. Yeah all that but i was around seven when i started playing but uh i didn't take it very seriously until like time culminated and i eventually got like okay at it around like 15 but i wouldn't practice which uh any of my guitar students listening probably might have actually heard this (laughs) from me (laughs) sometimes it's actually my pep talk i'm like hey i used to not practice too but then when i started practicing it really got cool yeah (laughs) But around 15, that's when I really dove into like Hendrix and all that and just playing really a lot of electric guitar until I went to see Yonder show, I think in like 2009. Uh, And then I was like, holy cow, dude, you can play an acoustic guitar like that. And I didn't know anything about bluegrass. And then I went down that rabbit hole, you know. Yeah, that's great. Yeah.
0: I think Yonder is the link that connects so many different genres to bluegrass. So many different players coming from, yeah, the whole field of influence. It's like, hey, this is actually pretty cool. <laughs> yeah,
2: right.
3: <laughs> I like to think I would have gotten here one way or the other, you know, just like in the scene or in the community. It's really hard to imagine how without like Jeff Austin, <laughs> you know, Yonder mm-hmm. as a whole, but definitely Jeff just like, you know, pulling you in during a live show, like on. Un- it's just a feeling you'll never forget, you
2: know? Yeah. And then did your parents listen to a lot of music too, or was it kind of like siblings and neighbors?
3: They appreciated music, but like, really, I'm definitely the one in my family who's just like crazy about it. So it wasn't really a musical family at all. Like oh, uh, it, we'd have the radio on and I mean, like, you know, but I was definitely always the one being like, listen to this, listen to that or, yeah, you know, man. learning a song and everything like that. But I uh, had, yeah, dude, it, it's fun, funny to think about I just, it was a very uh I was just addicted to music like right away. Like Mm -hmm. just my earliest memories, man. Just just loving it, putting on a baby beluga on repeat (laughs) when I was like three or four years old. Just like playing it like Uh over and over again. I don't know, dude. So and here I am still, but different songs. I was actually jamming you guys today. I was pre gaming a little bit for the podcast. I was listening some 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 Pert stuff. I was loving it, man.
2: (laughs) Nice, thanks, man. Uh, Let's pivot a little. Let's talk about um, the insane decision of you guys trying to start a festival.
3: (laughs) Yeah, right. Hey, man, we can all relate. Uh, No, dude, it was a product, I think, of being, uh, you know, it's tough because we gained a lot of momentum. It felt like going in like 2019 was going super well. 2020's calendar was totally stacked. And then like all of us, you know, got the rug pulled out from underneath and just felt uh, felt like we had to make a big splash, really. Okay. Uh, okay. And just, it was kind of just a result of that. Like, let's see, you know, it sounds crazy, but just might work. And we were kind of hunting around for some festival grounds a little bit. It was kind of like a pipe dream at first. So and then it really just started, decisions started being made, you yeah. know. And then, like, next thing you know, we have a title for it. Um, I got to give a lot of credit to our, our friend and our, our, our band Muse, I guess you could call him Adam Knipple. Uh, he's just our, one of our best friends as a, as a band. And he threw us like this party in 2020. We went up in the Northwoods and did like a little like mini private festival. And it was at that festival yeah. that uh, our, our agent was there and Adam's talking and He's like, maybe you guys should like throw a festival. And, you know, that's when the ideas happened. But fast forward you know we're shopping around like like looking at stuff and uh driftless music gardens you, you guys know them mm-hmm. um tim lockner and the people brothers bands we've been playing there for years and uh they caught winds that we were looking for a spot and they're like they're trying to host more events you know they really turned up in like 2021 they i did, think it yeah. was two festivals to eight <laughs> yeah. including ours so yeah they, they welcomed us with you know wide open arms to have the boogie down at Driftless Music Gardens and that's a place that already is perfect beautiful run by amazing people has all the infrastructure figured out yeah you know so and there's a lot of burdens that were lifted just by making that decision an easy decision to work with our friends you know yeah so and then, yeah, from there on out, man, it's just been a lot of, you know, like, it's it's hard because you have so many talented friends and you're trying to bounce, like, you know, bringing in, you know, like nationally touring people, but also yeah. getting buddies, you know, like yeah. some stage time. And uh, but uh yeah, year one sold out because we are doing like a limited capacity. Just incredible. Went super well. And this year is going to be July 15th and 16th at Driftless Music Gardens. And we got like Kitchen Dwellers and The Last Rebel in their original three-piece form. And some kick-ass bands, I'm sure, are also on Blue Ox as well. I haven't cross-referenced, but...
2: Yeah, we'll edit that out. (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, it's great. Congratulations. I'm glad it's, it's, you know, it has fallen into place and is working for you guys. It's really a pleasure to have any part to do with the, you know, curating a festival and being able it's to so fun. have a party like that with all your buddies, you know, like that's the, that's really the true nature of it is having everyone together at one place where you can enjoy the music and enjoy the community. That's kind of what it's about for us involved in Blue Ox.
2: And you have, you know, good partners on the other side, like running the, running the, the campsite show, you know, and like taking care of the things that you don't, you don't have any ability or kind of knowledge to do, you know? So that's, that's nice. You guys, I hope it, I hope it continues to go well for you.
3: Dude, yeah, it's, it's looking good for this year and everything. And uh, yeah, like you said, dude, it's just uh, I like to throw parties in general,
2: <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah.
3: whether they're at my house, but to throw with, you know, hundreds of people in a beautiful spot and, and have you all centered around music and everything is uh, it was a dream come true, man. I've long said that. The boogie down last year is just my favorite weekend of life so far. So, nice. That's but, great. Man. You know, so, but similar amounts of fun are had at, at Blue Ox, no doubt as well. I mean,
2: oh, yeah. We're you, not trying to discredit that at all. We, we
3: yeah. <laughs> Aren't we lucky to have all these crazy, you know, awesome festivals in the Midwest in general? I mean, you look at the, the calendar and you could fill it up every weekend if you want it with something. Yeah, so
2: totally. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. You'll be at awesome. Revival this weekend, right?
3: Yeah. We got a crazy weekend coming up. Uh, but we'll be at revival on Sunday. We'll be at uh, summer camp Saturday. We're actually flying out to Colorado Wednesday night, and then we're gonna catch the infamous String Dusters at Red Rocks um, Ooh, just yeah. to catch them. And then we're playing a festival in Colorado Springs on Friday called Meadowgrass. And then we're gonna fly back super early on Saturday to Chicago, get in our van, drive three hours to summer camp, play there, and then drive home three hours sleep wake up drive four hours over to revival <laughs> and then uh i have a closing set with a side project of mine called picking buds that plays from like 1 to 3 a.m sunday so
2: you're gonna be
3: um, uh, dude it's gonna be crazy but you guys have been there you know you kind of get in this mode where like you're tired but you're you're operating right like oh, like yeah. And you're you're enjoying it. it. Just you kind of get in this weird headspace where it, it all works out, and you have fun. And on paper, you're like, "Wow, I'm gonna go crazy!" And you know, I'll be tired at the end of it. But in the mode, it's it's a it's quite an adventure, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, you're running on adrenaline, running on just the. Adrenaline
2: and momentum. Yeah. Totally. I
0: feel like when we do long runs or, you know, exhausting runs like that, the scope just sort of narrows and narrows and narrows of, you know, you got to keep your attention focused and keep operating until finally you can just crash out for like two days straight.
3: (laughs) Yeah, One of the best parts I think about is when you're on like day 10 of tour and you're like tired as all hell. But I always call it being like Kerma warmed up. You know, you're just like, like the hands are there. Your your voice is there, hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, But, you know, like show attendance, like I'm always tired as can be but the, the music just gets better and better. You know, it's, you right. play that many nights yeah. together in a row.
0: As soon as you hit stage, it's like you've, you've slept for 12 hours straight, you know? Yeah. Like the energy's
3: there. Then sleep. you get off stage and you just <laughs> actually go try and sleep for 12 hours if you can.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's something about that stage adrenaline. There's just something that just clicks when you get up there. It's just no matter what, if you're in a shitty mood, if you're like exhausted, or even if, you know, even if you're like, you're amped and then you get up there and it's still the 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 switch flips and it's like go time you know dude yeah yeah
3: we always get there one way or another i remember like the one of the best shows i ever played I was laying on the floor five minutes before we went on stage, just like feeling sorry for myself or exhausted. I I probably had like a hangover of the the, (laughs) you know tenth degree or whatever. (laughs) I was was hurting, man, and I just remember like getting up there. that at Door County Brewing Company, and the crowd was just like ready for it. I was like, "Oh shit!" Like everyone's here, and let's let's go. And then it just. Yeah, I always reference that because if I'm ever like tired or anxious before a show, I'm just like, remember the time you're just on the floor, mm-hmm, feeling yeah. like the end of the world and then just had your best show. Well,
0: that's <laughs> yeah. great. I liken it to trust falling, you know, like, you know, you might be hurting or you might be out of sorts on any given day, but you have the rest of your band and you ultimately you have the audience who you can often rely on to respond in the way that just lifts you up and keeps you going. And that's when you that's when you know you're doing it right. Uh, I love
3: that dude trust fall for sure man
0: He <laughs>
4: <laughs> made me leave shame came and picked me up my ego fills the tank and i'm headed out where i think i'll find some luck. now i'm on the kitchen floor looking for the truth or any sort of reason, I put myself through this abuse. It's easy to sit around in the winter time, feel like you might have died inside. It ain't you, it's still you. It's just cold and you're feeling kind of lonely. Well, I know. Where I've been, I know. I know I've been driving by down this road. I know I planted seeds, I still got no fruit to eat. If I make it to the summer, I'm gonna build me a god. I'm gonna feel a Happy just to be
2: Maybe you could talk a bit about your songwriting process in the Boogie. You guys seemed collaborative. Maybe my guess would be you'd bring a song to the table and kind of introduce it and go from there. I don't know. Let That's
3: know. pretty good, man. That's pretty accurate. Yeah, it's uh, if I write a song, you know, or Augie, it's it's me and Augie writing the tunes and uh, not that no one else is allowed. I, I would love for anyone to bring, you know, for Eli or Denzel to bring one up sometime, which I'm sure they will. Denzel writes some really good songs. Uh, but Basically, like for me, if I'm writing a tune, I'll basically get, you know, all the lyrics, verses and choruses, uh, you know, I'll I'll get it probably like 80 percent there. And then I bring it to the band and, you know, let everyone kind of bring what they have musically to the table. So there isn't really a lot of co-writing that goes on like lyrically, but like musically, very open minded. Like a lot of times i will be like, can you guys like, you know, can we find out a melody here? we find out like a bridge or a way to do a jam section and those are really when like we're we're all exchanging ideas and everything uh but both me and augie yeah we'll we'll write them just bring them to the table pretty much complete and then we just uh we try and play them a bunch until they you know start tightening up but as far as just like me like i'm like you know i'll be sitting in my room i try and take like two hours every morning if i can to just play my guitar a lot of times maybe i'll just end up noodling or whatever mm-hmm. uh but if i'm feeling good you know then i'll just try and like write for a couple hours and most of my good songs that i'm like proud of that i consider like my better songs have all happened within like a two hour window and most times i'm like like it's like 90 percent there in that two hour window and i might like you know cross the t or dot an i later that week yeah but uh that's when it all happens best because i'm pretty i'm sure we all have our stories writing like half a song that you feel really good about but you don't keep the momentum going Uh and it just disappears further and further back into like my recordings i save right right? (laughs) and then it's just like it becomes more of a burden it's like ah, i don't even want to like look at you
2: because i don't know the guilt around it too When you're like ah well, that's really great that you're that oh, man. diligent and getting after it every morning. That's that's a lot of work, man. Yeah. I was going
0: to say you're, you're lucky just to recognize the window of time that you operate best in and the duration of that time and and just and hit it consistently. A lot of us are just kind of reaching around in the dark, <laughs> hoping to stumble on a song, you know?
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't want to come off as too like certain or like, <laughs> you know, it's just because... Some of those, I mean, honestly, a lot of times, like if I'm, if I'm scaling it back into like, okay, practicing like technique or like scales or like metronome work, right? That's like one avenue uh, that I could take in that two hour window or maybe I learn a solo, right? That takes a while of someone that I really like, or maybe I'm just like noodling and trying to, you know, write something instrumentally or, you know, or writing lyrics and i think that the one that i probably give the least amount of time to is like writing lyrics now that's not saying that i don't do it every week but um it's something that i still struggle with you know to to bring myself to do it and you know i don't know man even after writing a lot of songs you sometimes it's hard to be vulnerable or not be judgmental of what you're writing so Mm -hmm. that is uh sometimes when it's not clicking that's like my least fun thing to do is writing songs because i just feel this like pressure of judgment on myself or something but on the days that i wake up and i'm just feeling like words are flowing you know just like right out the pen and everything uh that's when it's like you know so much fun to write a song and just have something you're proud of but yeah you know it's 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 hard to i I make the time i play a lot every day but sometimes i could be a little bit better about being a little more intentional on like hey am i have i not written one in a while or something you know so
2: Man, that's great though. I'm envious. (laughs) And I have a, I have a hard time doing that sort of thing. I mean, for a number of reasons, but I'm thankful there are people who are working as hard as you are in the world, you know, (laughs) getting good tunes out there and and being creative and, you know, inspiring others, you know, it's great.
3: I think the, the best part of it was when I realized that I have a better day. If I started out just playing in the morning, you know, mm-hmm. so uh, there's a couple of things that are like on my, I guess you could call like always to do lists. That I never get around to like meditating is something that I've wanted to do <laughs> like my entire life and I've never gotten into a good habit of yeah. it. Yeah. Yoga, you know, wow, I've done that like probably like 10 times over the course of like five years that I've thought about it, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. yeah. but so it's kind of like my meditation, man, it puts me in a way better spot. And if I do something like for me, like I don't feel like I'm forcing it all of a sudden you know if i'm teaching like 10 lessons later in the day or you know doing band emails and stuff all that work becomes easier because i like already spent part of my day like doing my thing you know so it's a it's it's a really nice uh yeah it was a good realization man i've been pretty good about it and then if i could play more later in the day i definitely do you know so right
2: on good on (laughs) you All right, so there's a show uh, on KFAI up here called Desert Islands. Our friend Doc hosts it, and he invites a band on uh, or an artist on, and he curates a playlist for them based on their 10 Desert Island albums, meaning if you knew you were going to be stuck on an island, what would you bring with you? So I know that's a tall order, but maybe you could mention a couple that pop into your head right away.
3: A couple of albums?
2: Yeah, uh, albums or artists. It's pretty loose
3: yeah right 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 oh man uh i guess as an artist because i love so much of his stuff taj mahal for sure
2: nice yeah didn't he just
0: turn 80 years old as well
3: yeah dude wow and he is just uh just what a king man i love that guy such variety. Um Paul Simon's Graceland for sure. Yeah. That's one that I uh continuously played on a cassette tape in my van in high school. <laughs> I, I listened to it literally every day going back and forth from school. As well as Fleetwood Max Rumors, but that one, I don't know. That was just kinda odd. I, I love that album. I don't know if it's so a desert. Good. Yeah, but um, I'd say
2: it's I'd say it's Desert Island worthy for sure. Yeah. For
3: sure. That one for some reason I got to the point of feeling like I overplayed it. But <laughs> I can still jam Graceland all the time. Yeah, there's, um, something,
2: there's something about that album for me, too. Never gets old. Yeah,
3: yeah totally. Um, Jeez, what else, man? I don't know. Like, anything, I guess you could say, like, Tony Rice has a lot of cool albums. Yeah. Uh, the Tony Rice unit specifically. Um, I think it's called, oh, what is it called? Like, Backwaters, I think is the name of it. It's an instrumental album that... I just always have on. So beautiful, man. Uh, just just totally different Tony Rice playing than what a lot of people know. Um, and then recently, I'm pulling up my my little Spotify here because uh, I was recently jamming. And uh, I went to New Orleans this past weekend. I was there for right. about four days and just Ooh. loving it. And uh, I, before I went, I've been very into like Alan Toussaint.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: And uh, his album... Uh, I can't get enough of a life, love, and faith.
2: Okay. That's just—I
3: like, think it's one of his quintessential like albums, and uh, it has to be super popular. Like came out in '72, but that one, uh, I do these Majestic Mondays where I collaborate with a bunch of musicians and form a one-night-only band, and uh, I found myself just writing the song list, and I have like four Alan Toussaint nice. songs out there <laughs> from the same album, and like talking to the keyboard player, like hope you're up for it. <laughs>
2: yeah uh, <laughs> that's great Matt. Ne- can't get enough of him either
3: yeah but uh probably the most important of all time is john hartford for me nice. and uh that's like my my almost like easily not easily said but he is like my if i had to pick one artist like forever i know you guys like the hartford too i oh, remember yeah. when we played at collectivo and you guys said uh don't leave your records in the sun yeah <laughs> i think i was a record store day um mm-hmm. uh, but as far as albums from man, that's a hard one to choose, but I like some of his later stuff, uh lately, kind of like uh Going Back to Dixie or,
0: stuff. Okay.
3: or No End of Love, uh, the album itself, where he just kind of has a like, weird dialogue between the tunes. But um, yeah, and of course, I mean, you know, Down on the River or uh Mark Twang. Yeah, I could just go on. Classic.
2: Yeah, that's uh, great, man. That's perfect. That'll give me something to listen to, and maybe whoever listens something to listen to as well totally man yeah thanks for being on ben um yeah i mean i just steer people toward your website and your instagram and stuff you guys are busy as hell it's great to see we love watching our friends blow up which is what you guys are doing and uh we look forward to seeing you at blue ox
3: thanks man it means a lot to be buddies with you guys and be on this uh this fun road we're on together and uh you know Whether we're in Milwaukee, Chicago, or Blue Ox, I know we just got a lot of good times up at. So, appreciate it.
2: All right. Thanks, Ben. Good hanging, man. All right. Thanks to everybody who's checked out these podcasts. We can't wait to see you all. Maybe you're feeling that nervous anticipation as well.
0: See you all very soon in the Pines. Great things have come, great pain.
4: Great men have felt great shame. I can't give up now. You can take gold from my fingertips. You can take a fish from my line. I'm still sitting on the shore having a good time. You can build a fence. You can build a wall. You can build an empire just by paint for it all You can build something worthwhile Because you're human and you were born With real good hands I know where I've been, I know I know I've been driving by down this road I know I planted seeds, but I still got no fruit. If I make it to the summer I'm going to build me a god. I'm going to fill roses I'm going to build me a fire Have a beer I'm going to try and be happy Just to be Nothing lasts forever I mean nothing all. These bad times feel like nothing. I mean nothing at all. When your shadow's as long as you are tall, won't you come home, my darling? Won't you come home? I'm gonna build me a garden I'm gonna fill roses I'm gonna build me a fire Have a beer I'm gonna try and be happy Just...